0: This is a Gulf Stories Moment, made possible by the University of West Florida Innovation Institute. Hello again, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another Gulf Stories Moment. My guest today, Dr. Wade Jeffrey, the director of the Center for Environmental Diagnostics and Bioremediation at UWF. Today, we're talking about the Gulf of Mexico. Makes sense for Gulf Stories Moment. We're talking about why it's like the rest of the world, only different. Dr. Jeffrey, how are you? I'm doing great. So, so you phrased the question that way, and I thought that's perfect. I'll run with it. So, so tell me, firstly, uh, why is the Gulf of Mexico like the rest of the world?
1: Well, it's essentially an ocean. I mean, and very often people will refer to it as the ocean, but it doesn't really work like its own independent ocean. If you look at a map, it's kind of enclosed on three sides, so it's kind of a bowl, Um, So instead of like an open ocean where water flows all the way across it from one end to the other, water flows into the Gulf of Mexico, but then it has to go back out sort of the way it came in. Um, One of the things that makes us different is we don't have normal tides. So, you know, the rest of the world, you have four tides every day. You have two high tides and two low tides. And anybody who fishes around here knows that that's not what we have at all. We have a very irregular tidal cycle, but that's because it's a closed bowl system. Is it the only sort of closed bowl system in the world? No, I'm sure there's others, and and, and maybe this is one of the larger ones. Um, But uh, so, you know, you could say bays and bayous all kind of work that way, but the Gulf of Mexico is in some ways like a very large bay or bayou. So the actual physical shape of the Gulf slash the coastline matters in a huge way, it sounds like, that you've talked a lot about that already. Sure. And, and some of this is the way the currents work as well. So tides you know, are different. The current structure through the, the Gulf of Mexico is is pretty unique, the way it sort of comes in, loops around by what's actually called the loop current, and then goes back out down around the Florida Keys. Um, and that circulation pattern is critical to a lot of the, the health and the ecosystem in the Gulf of Mexico. It's one of the big unknowns, actually, when the go- when the Deepwater Horizon oil spill happened. People weren't sure where the oil was going to go because they didn't have a really good handle on what the current systems were. So let's figure out how it works. Well, it's, it's kind of incredible that at this point, still, that really hasn't been figured out or known. That surprises me. Um, well, as we talked about earlier, there was a lot that we didn't know before the Deepwater Horizon right. spill happened. There's a lot we've learned since. In the eight years since, there's been lots of studies done. Um, But there are certain things that we still don't have the good handle on that it would be nice to understand. Uh, Economically, the Gulf of Mexico is a really big deal, isn't it? A huge deal. And, you know, the oil and gas industry is, is very, very critical for the economics of the Gulf of Mexico communities. Um, tremendous amounts of money there, but then also tourism. You know, we're in Florida; our biggest industry on the Gulf of Mexico is the tourist industry, um, probably followed closely behind by fisheries, whether it's commercial fisheries or whether it's recreational fisheries. You've studied bodies of water and, and microbes
0: in, in, in the water and the oceans worldwide. This, though, the Gulf is is your backyard. Um, is it also something that? For you, for someone who's seen all this, do you find it innately interesting? Do you feel like there's still stuff that you're like, what's going on there? I want to know
1: about that. Oh, no, that's that's a big part. Like I said, with, with the Gulf of Mexico oil spill, we didn't know a lot of things before we started. I have projects now where I've had students for three years going out and taking regular samples just from the pier in Pensacola Beach just because we really don't understand what the dynamics, both long-term and short-term dynamics are, right on the beach um, if we had an unlimited amount of money, we'd put instruments out there and we, we'd have real-time measurements of the oceanic processes that are going on out there so that we could better understand and appreciate how it affects the people that come to the beach. Last thing I want to ask you here, the few seconds left, you mentioned students, you've got lots of them. Do they come to you frequently? Is that how it works? They come and say, this is something I want to study, and then you just say, all right, go go get them? It's, it's usually a give and take. Uh-huh. They usually come and they may have a broader idea and say, I'm interested in marine science. Um, but the newest student that I had come join my lab, st- I met her and she said, I'm interested in microbial diversity. And I said, maybe you should come meet me and talk to me in my office because sure enough, we do microbial diversity all over the world. Wow. Dr. Jeffrey, it's, it's always insightful stuff.
0: It's so interesting. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. For more Golf Stories moments, visit wuwf.org podcast or go to the podcast page of NPR.org.